God bless you. Bless you. Thank you so much. Am I on there? Can you hear me? Testing, testing, testing. Testing. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? All right. Good morning. What's going on? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm supposed to be holy. Good morning. Bless the Lord. Isn't God good this morning? Amen. Listen, uh, let's just get into prayer quickly. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to come and speak on your behalf. None of Chris, but all of you, Father. At some point during this time, let me fade completely out so that your voice is clear to your people. But God, I know this is not just by accident, but this was a set appointment that you set up before the beginning of time. That on this day, in this city, in this university, you would put a word in my mouth so that your people would hear confirmation about the call that's upon them. So I speak into the caves of Lazarus of this day. And I say, come forth. For this is a time and this is a season for the people in this room to change the world. We will give you glory, we will give you honor, and we will give you praise. So I thank you in advance for what I know you're going to do today. In Jesus' name, amen. So listen, he said it's okay, so I'm just going to go out and say it. So a lot of you don't know this, and I just want to put it out there because there's rumors, and I saw some things on the internet. Dr. Hagen and I are twin brothers. And I know, see, I know, and that's the reaction we get every time we say this. We don't, that's why we don't tell people. Because of the hair color. I mean, the hair color throws me. I mean, I mean, when I look at him, it's like looking in a mirror. I mean, it's like, but you might say, well, oh, what's going on? What are you talking about? And for those of you in the far back, my tan didn't come from a Mexico trip this weekend. Amen. Amen. This is, this is exactly my, my skin color. But the reason I say that we're twins is because what Jesus did and when he died on the cross and when God actually came first and said, let me create the world, he said this. He said, let me make man, let me make woman in my image and in my likeness. Um, In Genesis, if you go to Genesis 1 and 27, and it says, so God made man. He created man and he created woman in his image and his likeness. And it talks about the fact that I want you to be like me. So how many of you looked in a mirror today? I would say I can tell a couple of you didn't, but that's not, that's again, that's not holy. I'm, I'm sorry, that's not holy. I'm sorry for the rest of you. But it's amazing when you look in a mirror, whatever you do in the mirror, the person, its reflection is doing the same thing, right? So if I do this in the mirror, I see that. When I do this in the mirror, I see that. Connor, I see you. What's up? So what I'm asking you is this. Do you realize what God said? He said, I made you in my image and in my likeness. So if you're wondering who you are, let me tell you this morning, you're just like God. If you're wondering, if you've had an identity crisis, let me break you out of that. You are created in the image and likeness of Christ Jesus. If you're wondering, was I created for something good? Of course you were created for something good. Why? Because you're created in his image and his likeness. Let me tell you something, you don't even have a choice anymore. I know, because some of you are like, well, I was wondering, you don't have a choice. So this morning, I want to talk to you. It's not a choice, it's a promise. My topic this morning, it's not a choice, It's a promise. Because it says again in Genesis, and it goes on to say in 29, and God blessed them, and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. The message translation says it this way. God blessed them. He said, prosper, reproduce, 
Fill the earth and take charge. Ladies and gentlemen, wake up. You're not supposed to be in the background. You're supposed to be on front stage. Stop looking for the internet and somebody to tell you who you are and look at the Bible because God said that's who you are. So I'm waking you up this morning. Oh, I'm sorry. Good morning. I get carried away. I keep getting carried away. Because see, this is why I get excited because see, if you thought there was a choice in this, there isn't. It's a promise. God said, I've already made you to take over. I've already made you to run this ship. I've already made you to do this. I made you to take over. But what's happened to Christianity is, I call it undercover Christianity. Devil, 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 seven, 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 undercover Christian. Okay, this is exactly what happens at a restaurant. It's going to happen today during lunch. Not here, because you're already in a good environment where you can do this. But let's go to Perkins. I told a story when I, was, I grew up as a pastor's kid. My dad's church was right over North Minneapolis, about mm, 10 minutes from here. So on Sundays, I was singing. I was doing praise and worship. See, first of all, when you're a pastor's kid, you get to do everything. Amen. Old school. Anybody know about old school communion? So y'all new school communion. New school communion is that little thing that has the wafer on it and you peel it back. Old school was you broke crackers up in the office yeah. and you poured grape juice. <laughs> I'm real saved, because I, I used to do grape juice shots right there. Oh, Jesus. Y'all ready? Let's go. Let's go do this. Let's go do communion. Ah, ah. That's how I grew up. So when, so, so, so when I'm talking to you about life, so I grew up in church. I knew church. I all about church. But one day in school, this girl who also knew me as the pastor's son, she came in the, to the middle. I was a popular kid in school. You better recognize. You better recognize. I'm telling you, I don't know. You better check back a little bit. I'm telling you. But I was a popular kid in school. I was a captain of the football team, captain of the basketball team. And yeah, everybody knew I was saved. Everybody knew my dad was a pastor. But this girl called my Christianity out front. We were in the middle of the locker room. It's like this big. All the students came into one big locker room. And she came running over. Chris, 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 pray for me. Pray for me. I was like, hold it down. She's like, I think I ate something I'm allergic to. Pray right now. And my friends were around, and people were kind of looking over. And I was like, you're going to have to be quiet. I was like, you're getting a little carried away. She was like, come on, come on, Chris, pray. Seriously, I think something's happening. See, I had a moment that this Jesus I knew on Sunday was now showing up on Tuesday. Could I be the same Christian I am inside a church, outside a church? Could I pray like I pray in this room on the streets? Could I do that? So I had a moment. I said, uh, not, can I be honest? With you? I'm just going to be honest. This is what I did. I seriously, I said, okay, calm down. Father and Jesus. I said, we don't need to close our eyes. Jesus know we saved. I was like, I was looking at it just like this. Father, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> we take over this thing. Let her body be healed. Amen. She was like, oh, I said, hush up. I feel better. I was like, good. Go on to class. But one of my boys who knew me said to me, he goes, he goes Chris, what you doing? We all know you saved. We all know you go to church. It was interesting. My friends were okay with it more than I was. But I'm the pastor's son. 
Two more shots. Ah, anyway. <laughs> so I want to tell you this. I want to let you know something. You have dual citizenship. Well, what do you mean, Pastor? See, you have the authority to rule and to reign and to operate in a church environment and take over and tell the devil no. But you also have the opportunity to walk in a boardroom and stand at the head of a table and say, I'm still taking over authority over every principality, every power, and every ruler of the darkness is this world. See, I want to encourage you. Some of you may go on the mission field, but some of you may be in a boardroom. And I want you to understand you're preaching in both places. See, there was a time people thought, well, ministry is sitting behind this pulpit and standing where there's a cross. But see, what I did after I started growing up, let me just tell you some highlights of my testimony. This may get your attention. So I was a pastor's kid. Um, I'm going to talk about being a college graduate, a drug dealer, a vice president, a pastor and business owner, and an entrepreneur. So, so, what do you all think about? He was selling drugs. That's all y'all remember. See, that's what's wrong with church folks. Y'all so picky. All in. Did nobody say, well, go ahead, vice president. All you said is, girl, he was selling drugs. And y'all saved. Look at y'all. Y'all saved. It's not a choice. It's a promise. So what I realized is when God said that he's given me dominion, I have the ability to rule and to reign, what I started to realize at a certain point was, well, what if I start to do that in the business, in the marketplace? So I went to school. I went to college in the East Coast. Met my beautiful wife there. I was a marketing major. She was a marketing major. Now, first of all, don't judge me because you're like, you didn't go to a Christian school. Stop. <laughs> don't judge me. But I went to college. I majored in marketing, right? So I get this degree, and a time comes for me now to graduate. Here's this point. So I'm going to be talking to you about Christian principles, but I'm also going to give you some real-world principles. So while I was in school, I set up internships in my field. So by the time I graduated, I wasn't talking theory about the job I wanted. I was talking a reality or an experience. So what the business world does, what secular people sometimes do better than church people, they take advantages of the resources. Now, no one lift their hand, okay? It's so funny. You keep saying this and watch somebody's going to go, amen. I'm telling you, don't lift your hand. But how many of you are already having a relationship with your career services people? How many of you already have internships set up? How many of you are just going to class, but how many of you are finding opportunities to execute those things? So what I did while I was in college, I set up internships so that I could gain experience and exposure to the job that I wanted to do. So by the time I got ready to graduate, I actually had 10 job offers. And I only had one suit. I had a best friend. He was about this tall. And I know you guys are saying, you look that tall, but it's a stage. But he and I, he was about this tall. So here's what I did. I was thinking one day. I was thinking, well, if everybody in the graduating class is going to try and get a job, companies come on campus to look for people who are graduating. I should go to the career office and sign up for the companies that are coming. So you know what I did? I signed up Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I was doing interviews with companies. I was walking in like, I don't even know who this company is, but let's just go. Why? Because I started to think, I want to prepare for the blessing that's coming. Oh, oh. see, everybody wants everybody want to be Virgin Mary birth. But what if you have to work for some of the blessings that God is putting in front of you? 
I mean, come on, Moses went to that water. I mean, this is just me. This is how I look at the Bible. I know everybody's seen the movie, and Moses goes out and puts a stick. But I just wonder if he was looking at that water like, you have got to be tripping. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's people, because people are coming. <laughs> Moses! Pharaoh's coming! Moses up front like, Jesus! What a, what a, you know, I mean, and he, it's not that he didn't see Jesus do things before, but he was at a moment in time where I need you to do something bigger. Have any of you ever faced a situation where you need a bigger guy than you had last week? So here's Moses, but see, Moses had to make the decision to say, I'm going to stretch out a stick. This is crazy, but it's not the stick. It was the faithfulness in who God was. Are you ready to put a stick over water for God? Got five people. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. Y'all don't like me. That's all right. That's all right. But here's what I want you to think about. So while I was doing this, and then all of a sudden, job offers started coming in. But let me tell you what I was doing in my interviews. I was outside the building saying, Father, anoint my hands. Because I knew I was going to shake the person's hand. I literally put the hands over my lip, and I said, okay, God, you already know what they need to hear, so you speak these answers. So I was literally in interviews, and people would say, wow, it's almost like you know the answers before. And I'm like, that's what I'm talking about, Jesus. <laughs> I didn't do that on the outside. Now I'm professional. On the outside, I'm like, but on the inside, I'm like, you better go, Jesus. You better go. <laughs> See, but, but what has to happen is the same God I'm preaching about on Sunday, I realized he could be with me in every situation. It's not a choice. It's a promise. Wherever I go, I, I rule this. So then... Out of all these job offers, I got this job, and it was a, to become a pharmaceutical sales representative. Selling drugs. See, now I got you. You thought, aha, aha, aha. Okay, well, there was that one time when I needed rent. But that's a whole nother testimony. That's a, it's a whole nother. Not true, not true. So I called my dad, Pastor Dad, Pastor Mom. I said, God has opened a door. He has made a way out of no way. <laughs> you know how you get real spiritual when you, <laughs> God has done something awesome. My dad like, boy, what happened? Did you get a job or not? And I said, dad, I got this job. I'm the first college hire this company's ever done. He was like, what? I said, they're giving me a car. What? They're moving me to Michigan from Virginia. What? He said, what are you going to be doing? I'm selling drugs. The devil is a liar. I bind him. I said, dad, no, dad, it's good drugs, healthy drugs. But see, at some point, I want to help you guys in this room realize something. The Jesus you've been hearing about in the Bible stories is going to show up in your life. And something is going to happen. You're going to have to make a decision. Do I trust God or not? See, when it stopped being daddy's Jesus and mommy's Jesus and my Sunday school person's Jesus, but when I was standing in the gap and I was saying to God, let this thing happen, he had to show up for me just like he showed up for mom, just like he showed up for Joseph, just like he showed up for Moses, just like he showed up for Mary. So I said, wait a minute, you said I can rule and reign. So I walked into this company like I didn't know anybody, nobody knew me, word was out, who was this kid? Every, you had to have at least 10 years experience to get the job. Wow. So I show up at the training class, like, hi. <laughs> People are like, and then this, this was the rumor. Does your dad work here or something? I was like, you know he does. <laughs> so all of a sudden, success started happening. 
And before you know it, I was performing better than other people. I was getting bonuses. I was getting raises. Then people were like, let's promote you. So they said, Chris, we're going to move you from Michigan to New Jersey. I was like, what? We're going to help you buy a house. I was like, Jesus, come on. <laughs> then after I lived in New Jersey a couple years, then they said, hey, listen, why don't we do this? We want to move you to D.C. I was the youngest manager this company ever seen. If I said the name, you'd know it. It's a huge company. And they were saying, and people kept saying, how are you getting all these raises? How are you getting all these promotions? Because, see, I took the anointing of God from the church room out to the work room. Because I started saying to physicians, they didn't know, but I was saying, you're going to have to buy this from me. Well, how do you know that, Chris? Because he told me I could rule and reign over this earth, not just in a church building, but on earth. So then all of a sudden, I was getting promotions. And then they said, okay, we're going to put you over a team. So then I moved to Chicago. I go to Chicago, and they said, we've never had this team win. They've only ranked, there's 50 teams. They've been 50 or 48. You see, that's a lot to lose right there. You see that? <laughs> see, y'all save students. Let me bring you to math class. One minus carry. Okay. All right. So 48 and 50. So I show up to the first room, and I go to the class, I mean, the room, and I'm meeting this team, and it's about 15 people on the team. And I go in, and I go, hey, let me just make an announcement. We're going to win this year. Literally, the people in the room were like, no claps, no smiles. So I go into this presentation of how we're going to win. I've analyzed the data. I've looked at our marketplace. So let me tell you something. You can't just be Jesus without doing a job either. So I didn't walk in the room. Let me tell you what God said. They would have been like, call security. So I had to speak their language. Interestingly, didn't Jesus walk the streets and talk to tax people? Didn't he go to fishermen? Stop trying to preach only in a church. Get out there and preach. So then all of a sudden they said, this isn't going to happen. So you know what I started doing? I started sneaking in principles of the word of God right there in the marketplace. I said, well, let's say this together. Because hmm. the Bible says, if thou confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. So it's a confession. So if I could get them to start speaking the word, I could start seeing it happen. So I said, hey, let's just say this. We're going to win. We're going to win. We can do it. We can do it. But I made them say it every week. We got on conference calls. I kept showing the vision. Didn't it say write the vision and make it plain? I started telling them how this would work. So my boss was coming in and out of meetings, and he was watching me from a distance. Let me just tell you, fast forward a year later, this team that was 48 out of 50 became number one. The bonus was nice. <laughs> the bonus was hot. You hear me? I was like, Jesus, you doing it? So I go to this huge, we, it was a huge company meeting, and they said, you know, they were naming all the winners, and they said, and Chris, so my boss had to bring me on stage, watch this, watch the impact of God. A cellular, secular man who doesn't know Christ got up and said, you know, I want to talk about Chris as he comes up and talk about the year he's had. You know, it was almost prophetic. That was the last time you heard a non-saved person say the word Prophetic. He said it was almost prophetic because he was saying things before it happened. I'm trying to give you an example. The same God that can raise somebody from the dead is the same God that can bring you out here to change the world. See, we need people at the table of the network. Don't try and get on Nickelodeon, baby, run the network. Don't try and sing background, I love the Lord. Don't try and sing background, baby, put me up front, I run this joint. Don't you know if you own the stadium? Oh, oh I, almost, I almost slipped up and said, if you own the stadium. <laughs> See, because some of y'all are like, own the stadium? This pastor's tripping. I mean, what is going on with him up there? Yes. 
I came to put two paddles on your chest, and I'm telling everybody else, clear, boom, that's God bringing energy back in you. That's God saying, you're getting ready to run the world. Bless the Lord, amen, hallelujah. (laughs) So after I started doing these things and I was having all this success, move forward. So then all of a sudden, the last job I had before I stepped out and ran my own business. So then I was vice president of the entire United States for a drug company legal drugs, but I was running the whole United States. In this position, this gentleman who was a you know, high-ranking guy, another opportunity came for me to become kind of like an advisor to somebody who had, I mean, when I say had money, he was, he was comfortable. He didn't drive, his driver wasn't an Uber driver, you understand what I'm saying? Okay, follow me. So we're in a car with his driver, we're on our way to get on the private plane, a little boy from North Minneapolis now flying on a private plane? Don't tell me what God can't do. So we're getting ready to get on this plane, so we're talking about this business deal we're flying to. Watch God, opportunity, door open. And he said, oh, I'm kind of nervous about the, the meeting. How do you feel? I said, I feel good. I feel great about it. He said, you sure? I said, yeah. I said, he goes, what do you normally do to get ready for a meeting like this? I know we've gone over the material. Boldness. I said, I usually pray. He was like, Pray? I said, yeah, that's what I usually do. This is exactly what he did. We're in the, he's in the car. I'm sitting right here in the back. He goes, okay. <laughs> so I looked over at him. And I was like, geez, now I got to raise somebody up. Is he dying? What's happening? <laughs> and he goes, okay, okay. Go ahead. I'm ready. <laughs> and I just said like this. I said, well, Father, I know you already know what the people need to hear. Open the door when we get here and let them see our heart. Let them understand our product. Da-da-da. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. Was that it? I said, yeah. And he said, you know, I I always thought praying had to be some big thing. I always thought it had to be some big thing. See, but you have to understand, he was in a position over the company that he had influence. So the Bible, typically what would happen, there would be a king, but there would be a priest. See, the priest would speak into the king's ear, and then the king would act on it. Ladies and gentlemen, some of you need to be the priest to go out and talk to the king, but some of you need to be the king and let your priest at church tell you what to do when you get out there. I'm going to leave you with this because my time is up. Now I'm running my own company. Now I'm pastoring a church because the time came for God to make that transition. So now I've taken all this experience like David wrestled the bear and the lion, then he got Goliath. I realized I thought it was to only run the marketplace. But then when, my God, when God opened the door for me to come and take over this ministry for my parents, we now have a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week child care center. We see over 200 kids every day. We deal with domestic abuse and family violence, getting women out of those situations. So what I'm telling you this morning is if you're in here and you're saying there's a call on your life, I dare you to put it to action. I dare you to stop reading the book and come over here and meet some children. I dare you to come to our church and say, Pastor, please let me speak a lesson. Please let me teach in Sunday school. Please let me talk to your teenagers. Wake up, ladies and gentlemen. It is not a choice that you have to do this. It is a promise that God has put in you. So I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you. Stand, brother. Bless you. Bless you.